Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 96. Today I'll be talking about the murder of Jason Rodriguez. My sources for today's episode are Killer Post, Season 1, Episode 10, The Cinemaholic, NewYorkDailyNews.com, and OrlandoCentennial.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. A handsome young man with a close-knit group of friends. He's just a good dude. Overall, just someone everyone loves to be around. Whose online profile drove the ladies wild. Like any good-looking guy his age, he was having fun. But when he was seduced by a mysterious woman he met on Facebook... They met online. They started texting each other. An innocent young man became the victim of a brutal crime. He suffered two gunshot wounds. Was this college charmer the target of a random killer? Had a former lover decided to avenge their broken heart? Or had this young man simply been the unlucky player in a love triangle gone bad? Jason Rodriguez was a 19-year-old college student from Tampa Bay. He had moved to Orlando to attend community college. His friends really looked up to him. Jason shared an apartment with his friends. They described him as a health nut, and together they'd always go to the gym. Jason became interested in bodybuilding his freshman year and was into staying in shape. Friends described him as a leader and was always pushing them to be better. He was studying sports medicine and physical therapy. He was in the ROTC program and had planned on enlisting after finishing school. He worked at a grocery store to pay for school. He was good looking and attracted many women. He did have a girlfriend back home in Tampa, but he did enjoy flirting. He met a 19-year-old Grace at school. Jason had never wanted anything serious, but Grace became clingy. She was always asking where he was and sending messages to him. Jason would just ignore her. Brief fling in January 2011, he received a message from a new girl on Facebook. The girl's name was Tyann. They didn't have any mutual friends, and her Facebook page looked new. She was asking Jason to hang out. His friends told him to FaceTime her before he met her in person, and it seemed like she was real. They continued to talk and send intimate pictures. On February 2nd, 2011, just after 10 p.m., a man was driving home from work. He saw a masked man shooting into a car. The shooter then turned the gun on the witness. The man got away and called 911. When the police arrived on the scene, the victim was barely alive in the front seat of his car. He had been shot twice, to the left side of his head and neck. As the victim was being put into the ambulance, a group of men arrived and said they knew the victim. The victim was identified as their friend, Jason Rodriguez. They told the police that Jason had texted them earlier, which is why they rushed to the scene. Jason's message had said to check on him. He gave them an address and said he was going to hang out with a girl. They never received another message from him, but didn't expect him to get hurt. Jason had made plans to meet with Tyann at her aunt's house. He texted his friends the address and maybe seemed to suspect Tyann wasn't who she said she was. The police examined Jason's phone, which matched his friend's story about the address he received from Tyann. His most recent messages were with her. The police called the phone number, but it was disconnected. The police approached the house at the address Jason had received. The police looked into the house and determined that no one lived there. It seemed like Jason had been lured to the house for a reason. 
At the hospital, the doctors perform emergency surgery on Jason. Jason's loved ones and friends wrote messages and prayers for him online. The police tried to search for Tyann, but her profile had been deleted. A request was put into the phone company for the number associated with Tyann's number. They were also able to get only a screen grab of the profile from Jason's phone. The profile had only been created a few days before Tyann reached out to Jason. It was clear that the person who created it spent a lot of time creating it. Days after the murders passed, Jason's family was by his side at the hospital. Jason's friends were interviewed about why Jason could have been shot. They said Jason didn't have any enemies, but said he did have a bit of drama from his love life. The police asked his friends about some of the photos found on his phone. They revealed that Grace was a girl he met at school, and he had a girl from back at home. Police wanted to learn more about Jason's girlfriend from back at home. They learned that Jason's girlfriend had left school in Miami to support his family. She was quiet about her relationship with Jason, and she said she knew about Tyann and Grace from what she saw on social media. There was no evidence that she was involved. She was eventually ruled out as she was in Miami on the night of the shooting. Back at the hospital, Jason's condition worsened. The injuries from the gunshot wounds were too extensive to repair. A week after the shooting, Jason was taken off life support. The witness had also told the police that the shooter was a male. The police turned their attention to Grace, Jason's fling. She had shown up at the hospital, and she said she knew that Jason had added a girl named Tyann on Facebook. The police believed Grace was holding something back. The information from Tyann's profile revealed that the person created a fake name and email to create it, but the phone number they used came from a texting app. To be able to use the texting app, a credit card had to be used. The police subpoenaed the iTunes account used to buy the app. Two months earlier, Grace had filed an injunction against a violent ex of hers. The ex's name was Israel Nievas. It seemed like Grace was either protecting him or scared of him. Israel was part of the Latin Kings gang in New Jersey. After they broke up, Israel sent a photo to Grace of him holding a gun. Israel had also threatened to hurt her and her family if she didn't get back together with him. The police located Israel at his, at his job as a dishwasher. Israel claimed he didn't know Jason or know anyone named Tyann. He also denied threatening Grace and said she overreacted. The police didn't have any evidence against him. Grace was re-interviewed and asked why she didn't mention the protection order. Grace said she had received a few messages from Israel. She said she knew. She said Israel knew about Jason. Grace and Israel had started dating a year earlier. Grace apparently knew that Israel was violent because he had told her about his gang connection and the fights he had been in. Grace said Israel was extremely jealous and attacked her after suspecting she was seeing someone else and forbidden and forbade her from having male friends. He had gone through her phone and found Jason's number. She said Israel had apologized but was still suspicious of her. Grace said Israel's paranoia was much worse when he was doing drugs. He would continue to threaten her if he ever caught her cheating. She broke up with him over text and got the protection order. Israel sent the picture of him with the gun, and the night after the picture was sent, Israel showed up at her house, said he was sorry, but when Grace let him in, he ended up raping her. Over the next few days, the police kept tabs on Israel. The police had finally received the information about the account that used the app to text Jason. The account led them to a woman named Raquel Duvall. The police went to Raquel's address. Raquel was the same woman from Tyann's profile, but she seemed not to know why they were there. She said she didn't know who Jason was, 
but they asked her about Israel, who she attended middle school with. A month earlier, Israel had reached out to Raquel to play a prank on a friend of his. She FaceTimed Jason pretending to be Tyann. Raquel had been told his name was Jay and never learned that anyone had been shot. On April 20th, 2011, Israel's home was searched. Israel sat in the living room as the police took his computer and other belongings. A handgun, as well as a ski mask, cell phone, and laptop were found. The items were sent to forensics. Israel was confronted, but he wasn't going to crack. He claimed he was innocent. He was asked where he was on the night of the murder. He said he had been drinking and smoking embalming fluid and said he was high and blacked out. The forensic analysis came back from the iPad Touch and it confirmed that it was used to create the Tyann profile. Israel then began to talk and said he created the fake profile. Israel said he wanted Grace to realize that Jason was flirting and cheating on her. He also admitted to luring Jason to the house where he was shot. He denied being the shooter, but the police believed it was premeditated and Israel knew exactly what he was doing. After Israel found Jason's phone number and pictures on Grace's phone, he made the fake profile and plotted to kill Jason. Israel was arrested and charged with murder. At trial, the prosecution pushed for a charge of first-degree murder. Israel's defense was that the gun found in his room proved he wasn't the murderer. The actual murder weapon had never been recovered. They said someone else had been the shooter and said one of the many women in Jason's life could have shot and killed him. Israel was convicted of second-degree murder. Israel's dad apologized to Jason's parents and said he felt like he lost his son too, but Jason's dad said his son was alive and Jason wasn't. Israel was sentenced to life in prison. He has since been charged with solicitation of and transmitting harmful materials to a minor and unlawful use of a communication device. He had begun to text and send a minor explicit photos and the victim's mom found the messages. It's 100% clear that Israel is a major piece of shit. He was abusive to Grace, he killed Jason, and then was caught sexing a minor. I believe he will harm anyone who stands in his way, if he is ever released, which hopefully he's not. My heart goes out to Jason's family, because Jason deserves to be here today. He just so happened to meet the wrong person at school and get caught up in a toxic love triangle. Support for the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to Hold Your Goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, stink thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes this Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. 
The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. My husband loves the boxers, and I have ended up stealing the travel bag to use for extra storage. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CRIMEOCLOCK. Unlock your confidence and always use the, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. My book recommendation for this week is The Perfect Son by Frida McFadden. Summary. Miss Cass, we are hoping your son could answer a few questions about the girl who disappeared last night. Erica Cass has a perfect family and a perfect life, until the evening when two detectives show up at her front door. A high school girl has vanished from Erica's quiet suburban neighborhood. The police suspect the worst, murder, and Erica's teenage son Liam was the last person to see the girl alive. Erica has always sensed something dark and disturbed in her seemingly perfect older child. She wants to believe he's innocent, but as the evidence mounts, she can't deny the truth. May Liam may have done the unthinkable. Now she must ask herself how far will she go to protect her son. A young girl named Olivia disappears, and Liam may have been the last one to see her. Erica is Liam's mom and is a bit overprotective of him. In the book, she explains that she tries not to favor him over her daughter, but he's her favorite. Erica is constantly worried about Liam, so when she learns he likes a girl named Olivia, she takes matters into her own hands. I really like this book, and although Erica is a helicopter mom, I can see why she tries to protect her kids. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope... You all enjoyed today's episode, and as you can hear, I did get a new microphone, so the audio is a little bit different and hope better. I'd love to know what you think. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, email me at itscrimeoclocksummer at gmail.com, buy me a coffee, and leave me a five-star rating and review if you like this podcast. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation, and remember, it's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.